you'll find in your Bibles tonight, 2 Samuel chapter number 9. 2 Samuel chapter number 9. And uh, there's 18 verses previous to this in chapter number 8. And uh, I'm not going to take a message from chapter number 8. Uh, it's exciting times in uh, chapter number 8 because God is consistently and constantly giving David great victory. Chapter number 8 leads us up to chapter number 9. And uh, David is at a peak in his rule as the king of all of Israel. It's been a long time getting here, and, uh, but God has proven himself faithful. God has kept his promises. And it's just testimony to the fact if we'll do things right and wait on God, in God's good time, we get everything that we need. He's faithful like that, and you can trust him. And David's at a moment in his life where things are going really well. It's kind of, if you read chapter number 8, it's like one thing after another, after another, after another. Everything David's doing, God is blessing, and things are going really well. Uh, Sometimes when we get in these situations where everything's going really good, we forget that we need God. But And we forget that uh, we are uh, human. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes when everything's going, I don't know about you, but sometimes everything's going right. I start feeling pretty proud of me. Uh, and uh, David has found himself in a spot where things are going well, but he's not lost his perspective yet. Because when we turn the page to chapter number 9, we're going to find David having a moment to think and reminded of something, something kind that he can do for someone that most kings in the east would consider an enemy. We're going to meet tonight the man Mephibosheth. And I love the story of Mephibosheth. I love this character in the Bible. And we'll look together in chapter number 9. He's mentioned in a few other places, but we're going to stick just to chapter number 9 tonight, with the exception of one reference previous to now. 2 Samuel chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, the Bible said, And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness, For Jonathan's sake. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said to him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. And I will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. 
Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits, that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Zeba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Zeba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all that dwelt in the house of Zeba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. I love the story of Mephibosheth. I remember the first time I was made acquainted to the story of Mephibosheth. It was the byproduct of a song by the Victorious Valley Girls Home. I don't know if you remember this song, but it went something like this. In a place called Lodabar uh, lived a young man who was crippled from a fall. His name was Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, Jonathan, the son of Saul. He was trying to survive. Since Jonathan and Saul were slain, it seemed all hope was in vain, and each lonely night was spent in fear of what another day would bring. And we find out, and I remember as a teenager learning about uh, Mephibosheth from that song. How many of you learned about Mephibosheth from that song? Would you raise your hand? Uh, I did, and I began to be uh, interested in this man Mephibosheth. And uh, Mephibosheth is an interesting character in God's Word. We're going to give the setting. At this moment in time, David is the king of Israel. It's taken David many years to become the king of Israel. Years and years passed between the time that David was anointed by Samuel, uh, who was appointed by God to anoint him to be the next king of Israel. Years and years had passed because there was a man that stood in the way of David becoming the rightful king of Israel. His name was Saul. Saul was bad. Saul was rotten. Saul did David horrible injustices and spent much of the last part of his own life chasing David down, wanting to kill him. Now, in a setting like this, where you have an eastern king who is now the king, the rightful heir of the throne, seated on the throne, a typical thing for an eastern king to do when he finds out that there is someone, an heir of the previous empire, the previous king, his natural response would be to have that person put to death. But not David. Not David. You see, David was not like the rest of the world. And aren't you glad? David is a picture of what we should be. We shouldn't be like the world. We shouldn't be looking for vengeance. We shouldn't be looking for revenge. We shouldn't be looking to settle the score. We shouldn't live our lives envious and jealous. We should be resting in the Lord. David was that kind of king, and God is going to use David in a big way in Mephibosheth's life. The story of Mephibosheth is the story of a lame man's relationship to the king. The story of a lame man's relationship to a king. Let's just start here in the first point. Number one, Mephibosheth was barred from the king. 
Mephibosheth was barred from the king. If you keep your finger in chapter number 9 and turn back with me to chapter number 4 of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter number 4. And this is that moment when the kingdom is divided. Saul's dead and David is king of a portion of the nation of Israel. And Saul's son, another of Saul's son, is a king over another portion. And uh, during this moment, there's a battle raging. And one of the enemies of Saul has uh, conquered. And Saul's son has he- hears that Abner is dead, his general. And so the enemy is raging and something happens. There's a little boy. It's one of David's last children, last sons. And when all of Saul's people are running for their lives because of the defeat of Abner, the Bible says in verse number 4, I'm sorry, one of the last of Jonathan's sons, the Bible says in verse number 4 of chapter 4, Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. Now, where do we see Mephibosheth for the first time here? Mephibosheth is just a baby. He's just a child. His nurse is running for their lives because word that Jonathan and Saul were dead, had come, and she's going to hide him. She's going to protect him because from this point forward in Mephibosheth's life, Mephibosheth is a man with a target on his head. You understand that? You see, if you are a son, an heir to the throne of King Saul, there's still a reason to be jealous of you. There's still a reason to fear you. There's still a reason... To have you eliminated, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was unfortunate in that he was lame on his feet. His nurse fell and he fell and his legs were injured, Mephibosheth. He was barred from the king. Because he was the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, he was barred from David the king. His connection to Saul condemned him. In the kingdom of David, by most standards. Now, there's so many of these that we can do, and we'll be careful not to overdo it, but there's such a beautiful picture here. When you look at Mephibosheth, you can easily see and make a connection between ourselves and Mephibosheth, our relationship with Jesus Christ and Mephibosheth's relationship with David, something precious. And actually, something I should say, I don't know if precious is the right word about it, but something about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth because of who his father was. Was barred from David's kingdom. He was looked down on in David's kingdom. He was forbidden. He was actually condemned because of who his father was. Let me tell you something. Because of our father, Adam... Because of our father, Adam, because we're all sinners, because of the relationship we have to the first Adam, you know, all of us are condemned. All of us are barred because of our sin, our sin nature, from a relationship with God. Barred. 
old Mephibosheth, he was barred from the king. It's a sad place to be. It's a sad place to be. But that's where we find Mephibosheth. If you'll turn back with me to our text tonight, chapter number 9, we'll pick up here. Number 2, Mephibosheth was brought to the king. He was barred from the king. Then in chapter number 9, he's brought to the king. Now, a number of years have transpired and passed since he was just a child running for his life. 10, 12 14, 15 years, somewhere in that neighborhood. Long enough for this child to grow up and get married and have at least one child we know of. Mephibosheth, no doubt, has been trying to hide in the shadows. You don't want, at this moment in time, to live anywhere near Jerusalem, anywhere near King David, anywhere near the nation of Israel, and be known and identified as one of the children of Saul and Jonathan. But we meet up with David in verse number 1 of chapter number 9. And the Bible says, David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul? Now, if we were to stop right there and speculate what was going to be next, that David in chapter number 8 is conquering his enemies. He's conquering the enemies of God. He's conquering the enemies of God, and rightfully so. If we were to just imagine what the next statement would be, David asked, is there any left of the house of Saul that I may kill those low-down, good-for-nothing, rotten dogs? That I could settle the score, that I could one more time get some vengeance on my enemy Saul for all the trouble he's given me. But I'm thankful that's not the spirit of David. He says, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? Isn't that great? That I can show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. Oh, I love the spirit of David. It reminds me of how we as God's people should behave and act and respond. I've met people through the years because someone is the son of somebody that did them dirty years ago. They will give them not the time of day. That's not the spirit of a Christian. You meet people along life's way who, who automatically assume because someone was, is the child or the grandchild of this person, there's no way that you could ever be gracious or kind. That's not the spirit of the child of God. We are commissioned and called and commanded by God to be forgiving people, gracious people, kind people. And David, in this instance, a man, Saul, who had caused so much grief in his life, David was going to give his grandson a chance. We know the story of David and Jonathan, and Jonathan was David's friend. But David said, we're not going to... A hold against Saul, what Saul's done. And for Jonathan's sake, I'm going to show my kindness to somebody. Is there anybody that I can show my kindness to? Verse 2, there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. The king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. 
And so David says, I want to talk to somebody. Who he calls is kind of interesting to me. Who does David call to find out if there's anybody left, any of the children of Jonathan or Saul, anybody in the house of Saul left that I can show my kindness to? Who's he called? He calls this guy Zeba. Now, I find it interesting. Zeba was a servant to King Saul. But who's he working with now? He's working with David. I mean, David in this picture shows us something that we need to pay attention to. David was not the kind of guy that was going to be vengeful. David was not the kind of guy that was going to hold a grudge. David was not the kind of guy who wasn't going to give somebody a second chance. If you have the spirit that says, you mess with me one time and you're done, that's not the spirit of a Christian. How many times are we supposed to forgive somebody? Seven times? Oh, no. The Bible says 70 times seven. And I'm pretty confident that if you get to 70 times 7, then you're supposed to keep forgiving. And David said, you know what? I'm not going to be that kind of person. And he had in his kingdom, he had serving in his ranks, somebody that he began to develop a trust for. His name was Ziba. He was a servant of Saul. Mephibosheth was barred from the king. Mephibosheth was brought to the king. So David sends, in verse 5, Ziba to go get Mephibosheth. The Bible says, in verse 5, Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence and said, and David said, Mephibosheth, And he answered, Behold thy servant. Can you imagine this moment in Mephibosheth's life? I don't know for sure that Mephibosheth knows why yet, just yet, he is being called to the house of David. Now, this has got to be a scary moment for Mephibosheth. Can you imagine? Mephibosheth has literally been hiding in the shadows for years now, hoping that he never meets David, hoping that David never finds out who he is, hoping that the king never... Deals with him. You know, see, in Mephibosheth's mind, Mephibosheth was a condemned man because of his connection to Saul. Can you imagine that moment? Fearful, dreadful. He comes in the presence of King David and he bows himself before him and says, I'm your servant. I'm your servant. Show me mercy. And David responds in verse number 7. David said to him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness. For Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table. And he, Mephibosheth, bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I? Oh, what a moment in Mephibosheth's life. He knew that he was condemned. He knew that his life was in jeopardy. But when he came before the gracious, loving king, The king reminded him he had no need to fear. He says, I'm going to show you kindness. I'm going to show you kindness because of your father. I'm going to show you kindness because God is kind. Oh, what a beautiful moment in Mephibosheth's life. Can you imagine the load that's lifted? Just as Mephibosheth was barred, like you and I, because of our relationship to Adam, are barred from the presence of God, our sin separates us from God. Just like that, 
Mephibosheth was brought to the king. And just like that, you and I, we've been invited to know our Savior, Lord Jesus. Hey, look, when we come in the presence of God, what do we deserve? Judgment. What do we get? Love. What do we deserve? Condemnation. What do we get? Forgiveness. What do we deserve? Hell. What do we get? Heaven. Oh, I'm so thankful for the Spirit of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Though my sin bars me from His presence, through Jesus I have access and through the grace and mercy and love of the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I can be saved and brought to the King. Oh, I'm thankful that I'm a child of the King. Mephibosheth was brought to the king. Number three, Mephibosheth was provided for by the king. Let's see what happens to old Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, in the end of verse number eight, he bows before King David and says, says how could you uh, look upon such a dead dog as I? Verse number nine, here's what the king says. Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertained to Saul, and all his house. What did David do for Mephibosheth? He said, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this giant chunk of land and possessions that belong to your grandfather. I'm going to give it to you. Not only did he give it to him, he says, I'm going to give you someone to take care of it. And he commissions Zeba, Saul's old servant, to take care of Mephibosheth's new farm. He says, but I want you to make sure of something. Mephibosheth is going to eat at my table. The Bible says in verse 10, Thou therefore, speaking to Zeba, and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that the master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Zeba had 15 sons and 20 servants. What does old Mephibosheth get? Mephibosheth goes from hiding in the shadows to getting the provision of the king. It's sweet to think about it. Mephibosheth hiding in the shadows, fearful for his life. Now he's met the king, and he's met the king, and the king has provided for him and given him more and more than he could ever possibly need. You see, that's what the Lord does for us. He's faithful like that. I don't know about you, but I'm lame on both of my feet. I'm condemned and useless. I'm in need. Jesus has saved me and Jesus has provided for me more than I ever deserved. He's good like that. And old Mephibosheth, old Mephibosheth on this day, he goes from nothing, hiding, to a man with all of his grandfather's possessions and servants and lands and help. That was hard to imagine. You see, Mephibosheth was provided for by the king. And finally, Mephibosheth, number four, was esteemed in the house of the king. The, the text continues. In verse 11, the Bible says, Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, 
For he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both of his feet. What happens to Mephibosheth? Oh, Mephibosheth gets blessed. Mephibosheth gets blessed. I've never noticed until uh, just reading through this. I've not paid attention to verse 12. Look what the Bible says about Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. I'm I'm liking to think about old Micah. Can you imagine the change in Micah's life? Can you imagine the change in this little boy's life, this young son's life, when Mephibosheth, his daddy, met the king? That changes everything. You see, when the father of a child puts their trust in Jesus, well, it changes everything, not only for the father of that child, but for the child. Oh, I'm so thankful. What a big change happened in Mephibosheth's life. But Mephibosheth was esteemed in the house of the king. I like these references. Now, there's something that David wants to make sure happens. Look at the end of verse number 7. He says, Thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says, Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Verse number 11. Mephibosheth said... As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And verse 13, so Mephibosheth dwelled in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. What did David want? David says, now look, I'm going to provide all you need. I'm going to provide an estate for you. I'm going to provide servants for you. I'm going to provide everything you need. He says, but I want you at my table. I want you to fellowship with me. I want you in my presence. I want you with me. Oh, what a sweet thing it was for a lame man to meet the king. And oh, what a sweet thing it is for us, dead in our trespasses and sins, condemned because of the fall of man, that we have a heavenly Father and a Savior who even though We've sinned against him and cursed him. He still loves us. He still saved us. It doesn't stop there. He still provides for us. He provides for us the grace and the strength and the mercy and the peace that we need. He blesses us. He encourages us. He loves us. And every day of our life, our King, King Jesus, invites us to fellowship with him. Isn't that sweet? David said, I don't know. I know what I'm going to give Mephibosheth, but I know where I want Mephibosheth. I want Mephibosheth at my table. I want him breaking bread with me. I want to show him the love that I want him to have. And you know, God has called us all to that same fellowship we're going to talk as we go through the book of First John about this, but I want to tell you a little bit about the difference between relationship and fellowship. You see, a relationship is something that is established. This will never change. Ian and Hudson will always be my sons. They always will be. Uh, from the moment they were conceived, they became my sons. I met them when they were born, and the longer they lived, the more I loved them. But they'll always be my sons. That's our relationship. I have a son 
And I am their father. That never changes. Relationship. Now, I began a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's loved me and he's known me before I was ever conceived. He's always known me. But my father God, he welcomed me as his child when I repented of my sin and trusted in Jesus Christ by faith as my Savior. I got saved and I became at that moment the child of God. The Bible says that I was adopted into his family. I'm thankful that at that moment the relationship between me and God was son. Now you want to spend some time thinking about something sweet. You have a perfect, loving, heavenly father who treats you like a father ought to treat his child. That's sweet relationship. You know, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be the child, the son of the Most High God. I'm thankful for that. Who can separate me from the love of Christ? No, I don't want. I got relationship. But let me tell you about fellowship. Relationship doesn't change. Fellowship does. You see, Ian and Hudson will always be my sons, and I'm thankful for that. And I always hope that we have a close relationship. How do you have a relationship? You talk often, you see often, you speak often, you're together. You know, the Lord wants a relationship with us. What did David say to Mephibosheth? Hey, listen, you make sure, buddy, you're at my table every day. Why? So I can keep an eye on you. No. He says, I want you eating at my table because I want to have a relationship with you. A relationship, fellowship. I'm sorry, I want you to have fellowship with you. And God wants fellowship with us. Oh, isn't it sweet? God wants fellowship with us. God wants us to find him in his word. God wants us to meet him in prayer. God wants us to see him in his creation. God wants fellowship with us. And I pray we'll stay near to our precious Heavenly Father. Oh, Mephibosheth, it's the story of a lame man's relationship to the king. It's a story that's very familiar to my own relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the Savior that we have. If you're here tonight and you've never been saved, Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for your sins. Your sin has condemned you. Jesus wants to save you. If you'll acknowledge your need for Jesus as your Savior and ask and forgive you and be your Lord, the Lord Jesus will forgive your sin, come into your heart and save your soul. Aren't you glad you can know the Lord? Oh, you can become the child of the King tonight. If you are a child of the King, hey, remember... He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to fellowship with you. And you and I are all given a preferential place at the table of the Most High God. Oh, it's good to be like Mephibosheth when you know your Savior, your King, and your Lord is Jesus Christ. Let's pray.